Taiwan added 10 domestic cases on Tuesday, including a Taipei City nurse and two of her family members. The nurse works at Taipei City Hospital's Heping branch. She is believed to have been infected by the, a hospital patient and imported case from Malaysia. So far, all of the nurses' contacts at the hospital have tested negative. Let's hear from the CECC. This newly added case is from Taipei. She is a nurse and had been in contact with imported cases. Of the two imported cases she had been in contact with, one was from Malaysia and the other was from the U.S. The one from Malaysia had a CT value of only 14 and tested negative for anti and antibodies. The one from the U.S. had a CT value of 30 and was positive for anti and antibodies. It's more likely she contracted the virus from her contact with the case from Malaysia. The transmissibility was higher in that case. Six of Tuesday's 10 cases could be traced back to a wedding banquet in Jai. The banquet cluster now has 16 cases in total. The CECC announced that effective immediately, table-to-table toasting is once again prohibited at banquets, although guests can still take off their masks for photos. The 2022 Smart City Summit Expo has kicked off in Taipei and Kaohsiung. The grand opening, however, was marred on Tuesday by a foreign guest testing positive for COVID at a hotel. Under a one-time travel corridor program, more than a dozen business travelers were allowed to leave the airport without virus screening or proof of a PCR test. The incident has renewed controversy over the so-called economic travel bubbles that are available to business travelers. This year's Smart City Summit and Expo is underway. More than 30 guests were flown in from 10 countries to participate in the event. They were granted entry through a one-time travel bubble program that's raised alarm after an arrival from Belize tested positive for COVID at a Taipei hotel. Critics ask why the group was allowed to enter without a PCR test at the airport. Don't worry, we have a first line and second line of defense. At any rate, we will handle this situation. The key is that our system had a backup. Don't be anxious, we check everything in the end. A total of 17 exhibition participants flew in from overseas Monday morning. They were not asked to provide proof of a negative COVID test. They were also not screened for COVID at the airport. Carrying only proof of double vaccination, they were taken directly to their hotel, where they were given PCR tests by Taipei City Hospital staff. One member of a Belize delegation tested positive with a CT value of 35. Following the diagnosis, seven people, including the mayor of Belize City, were placed in quarantine. They will not be attending the exhibition. The serum antibodies of the confirmed patients have been sampled. We will later determine whether these are old cases. These seven guests sat in the same area on the flight over. At present, their PCR tests are all negative. In addition, there are two locals who received the foreign guests and are their close contacts. These two people have been placed in home isolation. Commenting on the incident, the Taipei city government said it had handled the arrival in line with all current epidemic regulations. According to the CECC, travel bubble guests are always kept apart from the general public by design. Travel bubble guests must be tested on the day of their arrival, not necessarily at the airport. The expo participants did not refuse to get tested. Everyone cooperated during the screening. The convenience of the testing location was the main concern. Since everyone has to get screened after coming in, what matters is where the screening can be done most efficiently. 
The expo's organizer, Taipei Computer Association, said that foreign guests were asked to be double vaccinated for at least 14 days before arrival. They were also required to pass two PCR tests after arrival, either at the airport or their hotel. The organizer emphasized that the confirmed case had not interacted with the general public. More and more quarantine hotels are delisting as Taiwan eases its border controls. International arrivals can now choose to quarantine at home or spend just 10 days in a hotel, down from 14. Amid a steep drop in demand, quarantine hotels are changing tack to capitalize on an anticipated surge of domestic tourists. Hotels have begun to delist as quarantine facilities. With COVID controls easing, quarantine hotels are grappling with reduced demand. Quarantine periods are down from 14 to 10 days, and travelers can choose to isolate at home. Not only that, inbound air traffic has fallen off sharply since the Spring Festival. Compared with January, when more than 60,000 people entered, there were only 36,000 arrivals in February, a decrease of 40 percent. Given this market environment and the fact that we're optimistic about the domestic tourism market in Q2 and even throughout the second half of the year, we've decided to go back to being a star-rated non-quarantine hotel. With inbound travel on the decline, Quarantine hotels appear to be past their heyday. When we were operating as a quarantine hotel, we made some adjustments to our prices and offerings. After making these adjustments, we observed limited space for growth. At present, we are relatively optimistic about the domestic tourism market. As we transition back to being a non-quarantine hotel, we're taking aim at Taiwan members of an international brand and designing promotional packages for this group. Another quarantine hotel that's delisted is Hotel Indigo, which has quietly resumed general bookings. For Taiwan's hotels, to delist or not to delist is a pressing concern as they seek to stay afloat in a shifting market. The fear is that neither business travelers nor domestic tourists will come, leaving rooms empty and hoteliers empty-handed. French supermarket chain Carrefour is in talks to sell its Taiwan business to Unipresent Enterprises. Sources told Bloomberg that the deal could be sealed in a matter of weeks. Carrefour's Taiwan unit could neither confirm nor deny the report, saying it had received no news directly about the potential sale. Carrefour has explored the sale of its Taiwan operations since last year. According to local reports, interested parties include Taiwanese supermarket chain PX Mart, as well as e-commerce companies PC Home and Momo.com. Last November, Far Eastern Group confirmed that it was bidding for the grocery chain. But according to Bloomberg, Unipresident has now emerged as the most likely buyer. The local food conglomerate already owns a 40% stake in Carrefour's Taiwan unit. China has fully militarized three islands in the South China Sea, according to a top U.S. military commander. U.S. Indo-Pacific commander John Aquilino says China armed three of its seven artificial islands with anti-ship and anti-aircraft missile systems. The move directly threatens all nations in the region, he says. To counter China's expansionist ambitions, the U.S. military says it will deploy its Zomwalt-class destroyer in the Indo-Pacific as early as the end of next year. 
U.S. Indo-Pacific Commander John Aquilino and two AP reporters recently went on board a U.S. Navy P-8A Poseidon to patrol the skies over the South China Sea. During the patrol, they saw that Mischief Reef, Subi Reef, and Fiery Cross Reef were armed with missile systems, fighter jets, and other weapon systems, as well as military facilities. The three artificial islands were, quote, fully militarized, according to Aquilino. The U.S. commander said China was undermining regional security and betraying its past promises that the islands would not be turned into military bases. Actually, over in the South China Sea, China is believed to be building an eighth artificial island. The land reclamation work is reportedly underway. At present, it's very obvious that the three islands named in the report have been militarized. Of course, China's purpose is to announce its expansionist designs. The second thing is that China will continue to militarize its islands and possibly turn the entire South China Sea into a military fortress. To contain China, the U.S. plans to deploy its Zumwalt-class destroyer in the Indo-Pacific starting the end of next year. The destroyer can be equipped with the Aegis system for air defense, and it has anti-submarine capabilities. Russia said recently that it deployed hypersonic missiles against Ukraine, marking the weapon's first use in combat. The U.S. plans to fit one Zumwalt-class destroyer with hypersonic missiles by 2025. Experts say the move is meant to deter China from invading Taiwan. The vertical launch tube on the Zumwalt-class destroyer can be used to launch hypersonic missiles. With its stealth capabilities, the Zumwalt can operate closer to the East China Sea or around the Taiwan Strait. It can take countermeasures against the Chinese military threat, launching a strike at the source. In the face of the rising regional threat, the U.S. is keeping a close eye on China's every move. A man who made headlines for cycling around the world is now looking to join Ukraine's foreign legion. Taiwan national Wang Rei-ti said he recently submitted an application at the Ukrainian embassy in Finland. Wang said he had passed his initial interview and was willing to fight for Ukrainians' freedom. However, since the start of the war in Ukraine, Taiwan officials have urged citizens not to join the Foreign Legion. On Tuesday, a lawmaker asked Premier Su Zhenzhang if Taiwan nationals could face criminal charges for joining Ukrainian army, as is the case in South Korea. Let's hear from him. As for whether we encourage nationals to join the war, no, we don't. Taiwan is under the rule of law, so whether and how offenses are punished depends on laws passed by the legislature. 35-year-old Wang shot to fame in 2016 when he embarked on a round-the-world cycling trip to honor his late girlfriend's final wish. When his bike was stolen in Finland, his trip was nearly cut short, but the locals there made generous donations that allowed him to continue on. Speaking to the Central News Agency, Wang said Finland changed the course of his journey so many years ago. He said that if he's accepted by Ukraine's foreign legion, Finland will once again be a turning point in his life. The Russian invasion of Ukraine has led many to reconsider if a Chinese invasion could be on the cards for Taiwan. If Beijing did invade, is Taiwan's army ready? Currently, all young men must complete four months of compulsory military service. It used to be a whole year, and some people want it to go back to that way. But many young adults who are facing military service soon are less keen. A new reserve call-up system is gradually rolling out across Taiwan. 
at the 8th Army Command's 203rd Brigade Barracks, a recall training is teaching reservists five types of specialist artillery skills. Lots of focus is on the military in light of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Some are asking if the four-month military service period should be re-extended to a whole year. We can see from the latest recall training that we should not wait for the recall to train reservists. They should actually learn the most basic skills in their original military training. Then through the recall training, they can review military skills. So I think it's worth discussing, and we should be discussing, an extension of the military service period. And we should hold it in a more positive light. Yahoo carried out an online survey asking, do you think military service should be extended to one year? More than 80% of respondents agreed, citing a perceived benefit for national defense capacity. Only 10% were opposed, saying four months is enough. We took to campus to ask pre-military service students their views, findings opinion highly polarized. Four months is fine because a semester is just 18 weeks, which is just four months. I think that's enough. I don't really agree with it, because we have master's programs and life plans. I think a year would be fine. You just, like, go and do some training. Some students told us the length of service is unimportant. What they want to see is an overhaul of the training content for military trainees. How much do we get from this training? Supposing we got the training really lean so by the end we would learn a lot, then I think people might be willing to take the training. Military analysts and college bookworms alike are turning their minds to how best to keep Taiwan safe and ensure its military is prepared for the worst. At Taiwan universities, the war in Ukraine has spurred greater interest in national defense. At one Nanto school, the once unpopular civil defense elective course is now fully booked to capacity by both male and female students. Let's drop in on the class. A university student fires a rifle in class. Under their military training instructor's watchful gaze, the students aim at targets with live ammunition. For today, at least, this lecture hall is a shooting range. Students are also taught how to disassemble a rifle. The elective military training course became a hit among students after the Russia-Ukraine war broke out. The roster of 50 places was quickly snapped up. We thought that, as citizens, we should come check out the course or try to understand military and national defense stuff. In this course, we will introduce some cross-strait issues so that students can reflect on our current situation. The course touches on the Russia-Ukraine war, defense technologies, and cross-strait relations. It also offers hand-on experience with firearms to make national defense a tangible concept for students. Taiwan dairy farmers plan to raise the price of milk by 8 to 10 percent. Since the outbreak of the war in Ukraine, agricultural feed prices have risen sharply, driving milk prices higher around the world. The international milk supply will decrease by around 1 percent compared to the previous year. Production costs abroad, perhaps due to increased raw material prices or current international milk prices, are also higher. We have no choice but to do this. 
If there were a choice, we'd stand with the public and try to stabilize prices. But it seems that at present, milk prices cannot be kept down because we need to look after farmers' livelihoods. At present, the price of raw milk averages some 30 NT per kilogram and is set to increase by at least 3 to 5 NT. Because packaging prices have also increased for processing factories, that will also be reflected on retail prices. I think that retail prices will increase by at least 10 NT per kilogram. To reduce cost pressures on farmers, the government may offer a two-month tax and tariff exemption for agricultural feed, such as corn, soy and wheat imports. Taiwan's tariff exemption and business tax break for these products is due to expire at the end of April. Aspiring music professionals take note. Taiwan is launching its first 1500 Sound Academy Taipei. The Academy will offer courses in music production, artist branding, songwriting, and more. The courses will be taught by top music professionals in Taiwan and abroad. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang has the details. Sound Academy was founded by Grammy Award winners James Fontroy and Lauren Stockton in Los Angeles. At the Academy, students can learn from world-renowned professionals in the music industry. To foster more music talent, Taiwan has launched the first ever 1500 Sound Academy in Taipei. Hey, what's up everybody? My name is Lauren Dobson. I'm James Fontroy. Byla True. And we're at 1500 Sound Academy in Inglewood and also so excited about the launch of 1500 Sound Academy Taipei. The Academy will offer courses in music production, artist branding, music mixing, business and engineering to aspiring and current music professionals. The courses will be taught by top music professionals in Taiwan and abroad. The principal of the Taiwan Academy is music producer Eric Chen, who has been in the music industry for more than 30 years and has produced more than 300 albums. 1500 Sound Academy brings together top teachers in the industry from Taiwan and the U.S. It also provides scholarships. I hope everyone can sign up and learn the journey of music, music technology and skills. At the launch of the Academy, Golden Melody Award-winning singer David Tao and singer and host Matilda Tao share their support for the Academy. Beginning in April, the Taipei branch will hold lectures by Golden Melody Award-winning artists sharing their experience and advice. I think it's rare to be able to learn from a teacher that is already in the industry. It is also a dream I have always had. I feel very excited to see the launch of the Academy. The teachers are incredible, and the tuition fee is actually very fair. In fact, I think performers, as well as stage staff and behind-the-scenes staff, should always continue improving themselves. The Academy is located in the Songsan Cultural and Creative Park in Taipei. It spans 370 square meters and has seven rooms, including a songwriting classroom, a production classroom, a tracking room, a music lab, and a stage that can hold live performances. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang, Lu Bo Tong in Taipei.